Well, we're singing about grace, and we were teaching about it last week, and we were about to just do a lot of celebrating of God's grace. Grace that he's given us these past eight months, and future grace that we trust will be here in the years ahead. So let me pray as we spend this time together. Lord, we do thank you that you have made it clear to us that you are a God who is holy and pure full of justice and love and mercy. And we thank you for the grace that you've extended to us through your son. And we thank you, Lord, for the change that you've brought in our lives, the change that you're bringing to our lives. We're thanking you for what you've done in Garrett's life and for many other students in this place. And we're confident to know, Lord, that you who began a good work will be true to your word as you say you'll bring it to completion. And so we look forward for that finished work in our lives and for the way that you want to use us together as a people, as a family, to join with you in changing lives. And so I just pray, Lord, that you'd open up our hearts to what you would have us receive from you. That you'd open up our hearts to how we can be part of what you want to do in and through this place and in and through our lives. And we pray it in Jesus' name and for his honor. Amen. Well, last May, we had a, a series called Defining Questions. And in this series, I was giving you what the leadership had been working on relative to what we're about here, our, our mission at Door Creek. And what we're about is changing people into devoted followers of Jesus Christ who then change the world with his love or changing lives to change the world. That's our mission. That's why we exist here as a people and a community of faith in Christ. And when we think about where we're going and what's out there, our our vision as a church is this, is to see people like you have your lives changed by Christ so that you live for him in every area of your life and then you're positioned to change the world with his love. And we're convinced that that change is going to happen in your life and then through your life, as together we hold on to these seven commitments that we call our values. What are we committed to? Well, at Door Creek, we're committed to a life of worship. That means that we don't just come together for an hour of week to do this, but we understand all of life is to be lived out before God and can be in worship. We're committed to the Bible's authority, centering our lives on God's truth. We're committed to the richness of community and your experience in that. And so through that, you grow in Christ together with others. We're committed to a joyful witness, sharing and living the good news out. To compassionate service, humbly extending his compassion, Christ's compassion, to those in need. We're committed to intentional training, to preparing and releasing you, God's people, to do ministry. And we're committed to persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually. These values will be key to helping us reach our mission of changing lives to change the world. So what I want to do is to say, let's celebrate God's grace together as we take a little snapshot of what's happened over the last eight months from May as we started saying, here are the things that we're dreaming God would have us pursue. And as we look at these, it's just a sampling. And so I've kind of picked out what I'll call our top 10 here. The first is in this whole area of small groups and building community. 
Last March, I think it was, a lot of us, 800 plus of us, filled out a survey. And in that survey, one of the interesting things that came back is a large portion of those who attend Door Creek said, I feel kind of disconnected. Don't have that sense of belonging yet. At that time, we had about 12 home groups. Since May now, we have 41 home groups, over 400 people in home groups. When you add the men that are meeting around tables and the women in small groups and singles who are in small groups in our student ministries who have small groups throughout our middle school and high school ministries, there's over 900 people now connected in small groups. 33% back in May to over now 65%. And that's praise to God. He's moving us together, experiencing the richness of community. Eight months ago, we talked about the need to add services here so that we could reach more people. And though we haven't added them yet, we're just on the cusp of doing that. So in two months, we're going to add a fourth service on Sunday afternoons called The Alternative. In the fall, when we kick back a new ministry year together in September. We're going to have two more new services on Sunday morning. So concurrent with the 9 o'clock and the 1040, five service, there's going to be in the activity center a video cafe going, allowing us to again reach more people for Christ. Eight months ago, we talked about our need to grow younger. 86% of those who filled out the survey were over 33 years of age. And we wanted to grow this 20-somethings demographic within our church. Well, that's begun. 20-somethings is now a growing and established ministry with their first retreat around the corner at the end of February. Eight months ago, we talked about the need to have a simple path for growth, for your growth, so you know how to pursue growing in Christ. And so Bob and others have been working hard to put that all together. We looked at that in the brochure last week. Bob mentioned it in a sermon a couple weeks back. And the simple path has us moving from a place of belonging in a class called Discovering Door Creek to a class, a core class here that helps us grow in the spiritual disciplines and what it means to grow in Christ on our own daily, to then understand how to serve and use our gifts and the talents God's given us to make a kingdom impact. And finally, the fourth class is this whole class about helping us know how to reach out with the good news of Christ as we walk across the room or the cafeteria, if you will, and share Christ's love with others. Eight months ago, we talked about the need and the challenge to have our giving exceed our budget every month of every year. And that's exactly how we ended last year. In the months of June, July, and August, which were the last three months of that fiscal year, the giving was phenomenal. We ended the year completely in the black, $25,000 over budget, $72,000 over expenses. And here we are at the end of December, moving into this new year, and we've raised the budget 16%, and we're already ahead of budget here as we enter this month of January. And so praise God for the way that His grace has responded uh, a generous outpouring of you, of us here as we give back just a portion of what he's so graciously given to us. Eight months ago, we talked about we need to move into our community with more than just 50 people on a community work project day. We want to have a church-wide, community-wide day of service. And so that's coming in May. We're really excited. We're calling it Super Sunday. Super because we're going to all meet together in one place at Monona Terrace. And we're going to come to church. I mean, we're pretty casual, aren't we? But we're going to really look casual on that day because we're coming in our work clothes. 
Because right after we worship together, we're going to grab a box lunch and get together with a dozen or maybe it's 20 people. And we're going to blitz all across Madison doing all kinds of projects, extending humbly our service to meet the real needs, to partner with the people that we're already partnering with, whether it's Salvation Army or whether it's the Elizabeth House or whether it's IHN and the, the homeless or, or whether it's some other ministry like Shank Elementary School that we're partnering with. And we're going to go as, a, as hundreds instead of just a, a little few bands of people. We're going to go with this vast army of people into the community sharing the love of Christ in very tangible ways. I don't know if you noticed on the way in today that there's some new pictures around this place. I don't know if you've noticed the theme. The theme is Madison. This is our city. We want to embrace it. We want to embrace it with the love of Christ so this city knows more about God's love for them and are glad that Door Creek is a part of this great city of Madison. Eight months ago, we talked about UW's got to be on our radar, not just on Blackhawk's radar, not just on the ministries that are serving down on campus, but we want to be a part of what God's doing in the lives of 40,000 students who call UW their, their place, their home. And so we've got a small beginning. A van has been going. In fact, it's a group of students that join us for this service regularly. They come on a van, and it's a small beginning, but it's the first fruits of, of more to come. We're excited. Eight months ago, we talked about we want to be ministering to international students, 6,000 internationals, many of them, I think it's safe to say all of them, craving relationships with people here in a land that may feel very lonely, they may feel very isolated. So we formed a, a partnership with ISI, International Students Incorporated. And that ministry helps then our people hook up with international students and say, I'd love that kind of relationship. So now we have 15 members and families of our church that have those relationships going and that's just the beginning and that's going to grow. I met some of those people. That they brought them here to our Christmas Eve services and they loved being here to worship with us. Eight months ago, we talked about the need to raise the bar on missions. That, mean, that means sending more people and our goal was 100 people this year. Well, since May, 85 people have gone across cultural missions experiences. That's from our students to our adults, from Sumpongo, Guatemala, down to New Orleans, helping rebuild people's lives in the urban areas that have been devastated from the Hurricane Katrina. We talked about our need to increase our giving, and that's happening, and to strengthen our partnership. And even as we've been going to Los Olivos, we're really excited to say at the end of April, Pastor Giovanni and his wife, Magali, have received their visas. He's going to be preaching right here you're going to get to know his heart and the partnership that we have is going to get even stronger as we meet this wonderful man of God. Eight months ago, we talked about we're going to start a new work in a new location. Not sure when, one, not sure where, one in the next three years, three in the next 10. Because 40% of our congregation drives over 20 minutes away which means it's harder to connect here and it's harder to connect the relationships you have in your community to Christ's work in this place and so we're excited to do that now here's what's happened completely had nothing to do with our initiative Craig and I get a call that there's a developer out in Windsor he's developing this mammoth project and he's got 10 acres in the midst of this project that he wants to give to a church so that there's 
a work of the gospel, a work honoring to Christ, established at the heart of his development. It's in that quadrant, right? The southwest quadrant of 51 and Windsor Road. Oh, we really don't know if we're supposed to go there. But isn't it interesting that God would bring this to our table? And so that's one of the things we're going to be praying about tonight at our prayer gathering and continuing to pray about as leaders in a church family. God, where is that? For a lot of us, we don't realize that that is a strategic location for us, not only because of its potential growth in that corridor, but because about 30% of people who come to Door Creek live in close proximity to that area, whether it's Sun Prairie or Wanakee or DeForest or Windsor. Some of us are driving from Portage and Lodi and, and Rio and the far reaches up north. So this is what God has done by his grace in these last eight months, and we celebrate that. Now, as we kind of move the camera angle from the past and now look out in the future, here's where it gets tricky for us as leaders. We know it's crystal clear when God looks out to the future. Our future individually, our future collectively. God sees it perfectly. But for us as leaders, as we try and see where he's leading us and look out in the future as we're called to do, it's a little foggy. It's a little bit like this picture, but we can honestly say it's less foggy than it was eight months ago. It's kind of like that morning fog. It's starting to lift, and some details are coming into place, and there's a sense of focus and priority that we have as leaders that we didn't have back in May. And it's around two key initiatives. Growing people in Christ. That means growing you in Christ and reaching those who don't know him. So when we think about growing people in Christ, I want you to envision your life changing in and through this place over the next three years. Paul said this to his friends in Colossae, and he writes it for us today. Him, Jesus, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That was Paul's goal, and that is our desire and dreams for you to grow up to be mature and complete in Christ. And so we dream of a church that's growing in our love for Christ, growing in our love for each other, a church that's growing in love with God's word, a church that's growing in love with those who don't know Christ. At the heart of this GROW initiative is an understanding that we grow best together in community. And so we're really going to keep pushing this whole thing. Get connected. Get connected as you serve. Get connected as you're part of a small group or as a home group. It's going to be in that context around the word, life on life, that you're going to experience authentic community. You're going to wrestle with the text and say, how does this work out in our lives? You're going to be honest with each other and say, we need help. There's a big thing going on in our lives. No masks praying and caring for each other, effectively serving together. In fact, serving better together than we ever could by ourselves and spurring each other on to reach out to those who don't know Christ, that God is wonderfully placed in our lives. We really believe it is going to be the catalyst for our mission of changing lives to change the world. So our strategic initiatives begin right there to have 80% of our people Middle school and up, growing through a small group experience. These quick connects that we had in the fall are going to continue. 
And if you didn't hear about it, you're going to hear about it. It's a one-night deal in two hours. You're going to understand the philosophy, the mechanics of these home groups, and you're going to be placed in one in over an eight-week experiment together, going through a book called Life Rules, kind of developing the healthy patterns of of a good small group, a healthy small group. You're going to be launched. And at the end of eight weeks, you're going to say, do we want to keep going? And most of the 200-plus that started, just about all of them, are, are going today. And I keep hearing the stories. Man, it's one of the best things that happened to us. And man, we feel more connected here and we're growing. We're so serious about this initiative that we've started talking about this barrier that's a real one for the single parent and for the young family. Where they go, you know what? We've got kids and it's expensive to get babysitters and we can't afford to go to a small group or a home group. So we're, we're really seriously talking about setting up a fund to help defray the cost so that is not a barrier. When we look out in the next three years, we want to have 500 people growing through these core classes, traveling down this path for growth. We want to have 300 go, going and growing through good sense. It's this financial, biblical principles taught by Stan Copeman's over seven weeks that'll help you wherever you're at, whether maybe you're really in debt and in a big mess right now financially, and it's just this huge weight in your life, or you're going, I think I'm doing pretty good in this area of finance. There's room to grow and align our thinking and our behaving to the Word of God relative to how do we handle our money in a way that we know God's pleased with that. In the next three years, we're going to grow our commitment to pray throughout every ministry, keep these quarterly prayer gatherings going. And you see there's a new prayer gathering up to your left. It mirrors the welcome banner here on your right. And starting next month, there's going to be a team, a prayer team, ready to pray with you at the end of each service. So I'm going to invite you, if you've got a big decision, if there's a really hard circumstance that you're going through right now, if you're at the place where you know you really want to become Christ's follower, we're going to say, why don't you go there? There's some wonderful, godly, loving people that'll gently pray with you right there after the service. I don't know where your life needs to change, but I know mine does. I know I need to get better, and that's why I want to get better. I'm not quite as far along as I thought I'd be in a lot of different areas, from the attitudes I have to sometimes the words I have, to the actions. I'm not there yet. I thought I'd be further along. I need to grow. I need to change. How about you? I want you to envision your life changing. I want you to imagine God taking you from a place where you are right now where you're not on with Christ. You're not his follower yet. You just have tons of questions. To in the next three years go, wow, I get it. I get the things you guys have been talking about. I understand it's personal. I understand that it's by his grace and it's not about my good works. I understand God's love and this hole in my heart that I was trying to fill with all this other stuff. I've got peace and there's a fullness in my life through Christ. Imagine some of you who are just so lonely right now. You're so craving relationships and community saying, Man, has my life changed. There was this, there's this screaming loneliness in my life. And now it's been filled with these wonderful relationships that are spurring me on in Christ. Imagine in the next three years going, this book is no longer a mystery. I mean, I, I didn't have a clue what this book was. I didn't know how to read it. I didn't know how to, how to go to it. And, 
And, and now I, I'm learning. I'm learning how this book beautifully holds together in a perfect unity. I, I'm understanding how to study it. I'm understanding how to apply it to my life and how to use it as I make life decisions. And I, I'm learning as a parent how to raise up my kids to love this God and to honor Christ. Imagine your kids growing up in the context that you never did of loving God and loving his word and hiding it in their hearts and wanting to serve him and and wanting to reach out to their friends that don't know Christ. And all of a sudden you realize your kids are helping you become a better follower of Christ. Imagine your own walk with Christ deepening in such a way where you go, man, I, I love Christ so much more. He is so much more real. I had a guy say at the visitor's dessert last night, it was like music to my ears. He said to me, since I've been coming to Door Creek, he said, I find myself talking to Jesus all the time. He said, I've been a Christian a long time, but there's, there's something going on. There's a freshness to my walk with Christ. As you pursue the spiritual disciplines and not only stu- studying God's word, as you learn what it means to meditate on it, to memorize it, to fast and, and have an area of your life that you're, you're exercising self-control, that as you deny yourself of food and fill yourself with Christ and his word, you learn the grace of being able to say no to so much other stuff that comes to us and controls us, to grow in the disciplines of service and of giving. Imagine having this clear sense of this is how God's wired you. Do you know that? That God's made you just how you are. Quirks and all. He's given you these talents. He's given you special gifts, spiritual gifts that allow you to further his work in this world in a way that allows you to make eternal differences in people's lives. And for you to go, I, I'm getting that. I, I have a clear sense of why I'm here. And it's exciting to me. And it's revolutionizing all that I do in life. Imagine God freeing you from the thing that's enslaving you right now. Man, these addictions in this world are hard. They're killing us. Whether it's an addiction to food, whether it's an addiction to sex or to drugs or to alcohol or to gambling or whatever it is, these things are ruining our lives and those closest to us. Can you imagine that God in his powerful grace would free you from that which enslaves you today and get you on the other side. Not on a side where you're cocky, but we're on a side where you're always grateful that God freed you from this which has enslaved you and been killing you for years. We serve a God of the impossible. Imagine what this God and his grace as you are part of this place can do in bringing change in your life as you seek to grow as his follower. And here's what we know. We know that we need more room to help more people grow, more room to reach more people for Christ. It's always been a part of the leadership's plan as they thought about these 32 acres. This is just phase one that we're in, and it serves us wonderfully, and it's been a great place to grow and to reach but we need more space. And as we talk about phase two, here's what I don't want you to be confused about. Our vision is not about building buildings. The building is a tool for us to change lives. But as we think about phase two, let me tell you conceptually about where are the places that we need more room. And so as we think about building 
to change lives. Here's what we're thinking about. And as we think about these things and share them, what's interesting is I look back over at Brad Smith's challenge to the congregation in 2000 as he laid out the master plan and this campaign called Growing Seeds of Sacrifice. As Brad and leadership described phase two, it it is almost hand in glove of what the leaders are saying today. It's, It's precisely what we need. And so here are some of the components. More multi-use rooms for all ministries. A large room for student ministries. Expanded space for our children's ministry and for our offices. More worship space. You probably don't know this, but in phase two, maybe some of you remember it, that the plan was to add more worship space to this room by converting the atrium into 400 additional seats, making then the gymnasium or activity center, as we call it, the new atrium. So there was an acknowledgement we needed more space for worship. Well, we have a little twist on that, and that is this video venue, a place for worship. It's a smaller, intimate space. What I'm learning is people like the smaller, intimate spaces more than the larger ones. So part of phase two would have this video venue. They could also serve as well for a smaller wedding or a funeral. And then what I think is going to be the jewel of phase two will be this expanded atrium and cafe Our family room, if you will, where we can gather together in this soft, comfortable furniture, grab a cup of coffee or a bottle of juice from from the kiosk there, maybe get some resources to read or share with a friend, and then just sit down with a friend and have a great conversation about important things that have eternal consequences. I think that space, more than anything in phase two, will radically change your experience in the physical building that we call Door Creek realizing that we don't need a building to be a church. So we asked Peter Tan, our architect, from phase one, the master architect of our master plan, said, Peter, having heard these things that we've been thinking about and we're still thinking about, can you just kind of give us a concept of what phase two looks like? So what I'm saying is this is what it could look like. This is a concept, okay? You get it? We're like really early in on this, but I want you to kind of get a visual for what it could be. So... This is where we are right now. This is phase one. The original plan of phase two was to develop to the east, just kind of stretch out that building in one long line. Now, you'll notice, too, in this topographical view that there is some additional parking, which will come in real handy here. Now, this next picture now gives you the view as if you're coming down Sprecher from the north. So we're looking off to our left going down Sprecher, and here's what we see. Here's our existing building. You see the cross there in our building. And here is a concept, again, of what that space could look like. And I I hope it captures your imagination. What a beautiful space that could be. And the way Peter's lined it up is if you, on a line, take that atrium and walk on a line, I guess it would be direction north, you're walking into this expansive atrium with all this natural light flooding in, which is that family room of Door Creek, and then all the other things on different levels and different places to help further our mission of changing lives. Well, on a fast track, even if we do meet our goal of raising a million dollars this year, which is a big hurdle, I've said this week, you know, we're really good at raising a million dollars at Dark Creek. We've done it many times. The only deal is we've always done it over three years. Now the challenge is to do it in one year. So even on a fast pace, if we raise a million dollars and the other 500,000 that's still pledged to come in this year and we knock this thing down that's at 2.8 now down to 1.3, it's still on a fast track three years away before we could ever walk into that space. 
That's why we're thinking creatively about using what we have to reach more people because it's going to be a while. But I want you to understand is it's really easy to get excited about a vision like that, that what excites us as leaders is not a new building. What excites us is what can happen in the lives of people in your life, in your family's life, your friend's life. And so I want to call Kelly Kiner up here to share her story of grace just to kind of center us again on what we're about. We're about changing lives. Thanks for sharing your story. Sure. Good morning, everyone. Well, I was a Christian, or so I thought. I've always believed that I was a Christian because I went to church all of my life. And I was a good person, and, and I loved and believed in God. But since coming to Door Creek, I've come to realize that there is a difference between knowing about Christ and having a personal relationship with him. And I also know that there is a difference between knowing him and living my life for him. Since coming to Door Creek, I'm on my way to learning, loving, and serving the Lord. And that has made my Christian life so very exciting to me. For many years, I had a void in my life. I felt an emptiness that I could not understand. It was a feeling that something was missing, and so I tried to fill it with personal relationships, jobs, material things. I thought that I could fill that void by myself, but I was very wrong. Trust me when I tell you that there's not enough stores that can fill that void. My lowest point finally came when I was struggling with depression while going through a divorce, and I realized now that I needed God more than ever. And so I began to do the only thing that I knew that I could do, and that was to find a church. I started attending various churches and looking for a way back to God and to help fill that void in my life. However, I kept getting this feeling to try out Door Creek. It was sort of like a pull. I just would drive by and I knew I needed to come in. And I didn't know why, but once we came and we never left and we've been here over two years. I finally found a missing part of myself here at Door Creek. And as a family, we found a great church, programs for the whole family, social connections, really amazing personal relationships, personal growth, music, singing, and you may hear me singing very loudly behind you someday. And, and it's just an undeniable sense of home here. I started my journey of learning and loving and serving beginning with Alpha. It was instrumental in starting my walk, my spiritual walk, and it was there that I came not only to understand my faith, but also to let Jesus fill that void in my life. I went from understanding about Christianity to becoming a Christian and finally placing my trust and faith in him. God was always there, and he was always waiting for me. I found it, or rather, I finally found him. In Alpha, I started building off my base of God's love and having a better understanding of God's word, which really softened my heart. Alpha also helped me to feed my soul as well as my tummy because they do serve a meal. My learning has continued through a number of small groups like 2-7 and Faith Lift, and I feel that these groups also help me grow more than I ever thought. Since living my life for Jesus and giving it to him, I finally felt the reality of his presence. And also, too, I've had some examples where now i found that I do have a new patience and even a love for people that maybe would rub me the wrong way. The Holy Spirit has softened my heart so much as that as a single parent, I opened my home to someone for five weeks. And that person has become a very important person in my life. And I really didn't know why that I invited this person into my life. I did not know this person. But I really felt a calling. 
It was a bit scary, but it turned out wonderful. And I imagined I would never do that before in my life. But then I'm also very excited about these great kids and seeing how they're learning and loving and serving the Lord through the Christian ministries here at Door Creek. They love to go to Kid Jam and Fam Jam and Awana and Upward Basketball, and they are learning that only Jesus can fill that void for them in their hearts and also to help them grow and walk with the Christian life. And I love to hear my kids also sing in the Christian songs, and the music's not even playing, and they're singing in the songs. And also hearing them saying to each other or to myself, would you do that to a child of God? Or would Jesus be proud of that choice that you just made? And the kids and I are not only learning and loving, but we're also serving here at Door Creek. Our Door Creek family has served us in so many practical ways that we want to return the favor. Serving as greeters or the resource desk, so, um, doing lots of different things, but also, too, serving out in the community at Salvation Army, Meals on Wheels. And those things are not a chore, but they're really a blessing and an honor to do that. It teaches my kids that we are part of a community and that God's love really comes full circle. God has used Door Creek Church to reach me and my family with the love of Christ, and I'm so thankful for that love and kindness and support that I have received from our new home here. Thank you for being my church family, and I look forward to learning, loving, and serving with all of you in the future. Thanks to Jesus and you, I finally know that I am a Christian. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much, Kelly. So the two things that are crystal clear as we look out in the future is we want to focus on growing people in Christ. And the second is we want to be focused on reaching those who don't know him. In a sense, the, uh, the, the metaphor is the two wings of the airplane of this thing called Door Creek or any church. So we want to have both wings firmly in place and have a balance there. And here's what I know. The harder wing for us to keep in place individually and collectively as a church will be the second thing we're talking about, reaching those who don't know Christ. It'll be much easier to just spend our time growing together. Isn't it great to be a Christian and a follower of Christ? And it's always harder to walk across the room. But we're going to, as leaders, continue to pray and hopefully model that these are the two commitments of a Christian's life, to grow in Christ and reach those who don't know him. All of this is crystal clear in Christ's clear mandate to us in the words of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, just about Jesus' last words on this earth, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so these are our two commitments. These are the things that we're really going to be moving forward in these directions, in these ways. And as we do, we realize we're just continuing what the leadership of this church has always done. As far back as 42 years ago when our mother church, Bethany, said we're going to plant a church on the east side and another one on the west side, which is now Blackhawk. It's the same commitments that our leadership had when they said, let's move to this new location on 32 acres that we might reach more people. It's why we would consider adding more services or ministries that we might reach more people or why we would start a new location, a new work in a new location. And that change begins right here 
with the children of our church. And that commitment goes to the students in this place. And it goes to reaching those in our community who don't know Christ and those around the world. And so as we think about what lies ahead in the next three years, here are our strategic reach initiatives. They have 100 people a year going and growing through cross-cultural mission trips to increase the international student partnerships from the 15 we have today to 100 at least in three years, to increase giving to outreach from roughly the 10 or 11%, we're kind of in between there, to over 14% and growing in the next three years, to explore expanding services. So when I mention this service on Sunday afternoons, let me just kind of paint a little picture. You walk in this room on a Sunday afternoon and There's no musicians up here. In fact, there's no chairs facing this way. It's kind of worship in the round. And you've got in the center here a place where there's a small group of musicians that lead us. There's chairs encircling that. Behind the chairs, there's some tables. And behind the tables, some some bistro tables. A a very different, non-traditional setting. A place for someone who's new to the faith or exploring faith issues. A person who's been walking with Christ for a lot of years but a place that's more intimate, a little different style of worship together, and the messages are on video, not live. And then you have an opportunity to join together on the heels of that service with some community building around some food and some fellowship. Through the next three years, not only do we hope to start these new services, but a new work in a new location. We honestly don't know where that is. But we know God's going to make that clear. And part of how God's going to do that is as you and people in the area that you live come together and go, do you think maybe God wants us to start something in this area? In the next three years, we are going to be launching, actually this September, we hope to launch Boomerangs, a new resale shop that we put on here. And it's our things that we are donating usually to places like Goodwill or St. Vinny's. Now we're, we're donating to our own place called Boomerangs. And that which we give is going to go back then to people in our community that have needs. And it's going to be sold to them by people in our church that are just kind and compassionate, extending Christ's love. And, and the receipts for those things that we sell, whether it's clothing or household goods, will then go to fund outreach ministries around our community. So taking the stuff that we're normally going to give somewhere, we hope to, to fuel outreach ministries with at least $500,000 in the next 10 years. In the next three years, we hope to get on campus. It's one thing to send a van and pick up students. It's quite another thing to say we want to get on campus and we want to have a place there, a beachhead there. So in the fall of 09, we're hoping to pilot something in the same way that we're going to pilot this fourth service and see how it goes. And all this is about our mission of changing lives to change the world. One day you and I are going to be in heaven and we're going to have an eternity of moments to have people come up to us and say, you had a big part in my life. I grew up in this little village of El Rajon in Guatemala and you were part of that team that came and shared the good news and I'd never heard it before until you came. Hey, do you remember you were the person who invited me? You were the person who sat down over coffee. Remember that? On a napkin, you, you did like this, this canyon, this bridge thing. Remember and you explained to me how you can have a relationship with Christ. I am so grateful 
that you changed my life with the love of Christ. I don't know who you're thinking of that in your world right now is the furthest person from God. But what I can tell you, he's the God of the impossible. And he'd love to use you to be part of that person coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, as you hear about this, may our confidence be in him, not in our great plans. And may you hear me well when I say this is not for us and for our glory. This is for his glory and the good of people who aren't here and the good for people who are here like you that desire to grow and to be used by Christ to reach others for him. And so we're not asking you as leaders to agree with this. We're asking you to embrace this, to embrace this vision with all that you have. And here's what I can guarantee you. You will never regret spending your life joining God and his church here to change people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. Brian Russ, the chairman of our stewardship board, is going to come and share a little bit more of how you can embrace this vision. I guess there's lots of Brian's here at Door Creek Church. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Good morning, Door Creek. Good morning. Um, as Mark mentioned, I'm on the stewardship board, and I'm up here representing the 10 members of the board to talk to you a little bit more about commitment. First of all, our commitment. Over the last several months, the board has been meeting. It's a large part of what we do is casting vision and talking with Mark and Craig about strategy. And uh, so we've spent a fair amount of time, you know, starting out with vision uh, last year and into the fall. And then as the year has gone on, talking about, as Mark said, you know, as that fog starts to lift and we start moving in this direction, what kinds of things do we want to be doing? And I'm here to tell you that the stewardship board is deeply committed to you, very deeply committed to you as individuals and as a church body. And what we want to do is discover what your commitment is to the church. Not because we're questioning your commitment. We know that all of us are making contributions in our own ways, whether it's financially involved in service, teaching, whatever. Sometimes it's hard for us, though, you know, when we strike out in a particular direction to try to understand, well, who's with us? Who's, who's coming along? Is it just us who are going to do these things? So we're giving you an opportunity to, um, through a brochure that we've produced, to understand a little bit better um, in writing what it is that we're planning to do, and then also to respond back to us, to respond to the church regarding what your commitment might be. If you want to put the screen up, the slide up. I just want to talk about briefly about the five areas that relate to what Mark has been talking about. First of all, um, we're asking you to spend some time in prayer, asking God what it is that he wants you to do. Does he want you to um, get involved in some particular aspect of the many different things that we've talked about that we're going to be doing in the next three years? Does he want you to get involved in a small group if you're not already involved in a small group? Does he want you to commit to the prayer gatherings that we've talked about starting, that we're going to be starting tonight, quarterly, the prayer gatherings that we're going to have after the services. And then to consider, how should I connect in the church? Is there something else that I can do? Maybe for me to connect more, but also to help other people connect more in the church. Is there something in particular that God wants you to do regarding service? Again, not that you aren't already serving, 
But is there some new work or some different work that he might want you to do? Then regarding reach, and this is a big area for me personally, um, especially in the last few months, making a commitment to reach out to other people, not just to be nice to them, but to talk to them about Christ. And then finally, giving. But let me talk about um, the brochure again before I get to giving. Each of you, um, age 16 and over, we would like to have uh, take a copy of this brochure when you leave today. The ushers will give it to you as you leave. And I want you to make specific note of the back inside cover, there's a response card. On the front of the card is the information regarding um, the commitments that I've talked about. On the back of the card are more particulars regarding uh, commitment to the building fund. A number of you have been contributing over the last couple of years to what we call the Continuing the Journey campaign, which was largely to um, cover the mortgage debt that we incurred when we built this facility. A lot of you have never even heard about that. And before, as Mark said, before we can ever think about expanding our facility, we want to be responsible um, in two ways. First, to buy down that debt, and along with that, to give many others the opportunity to participate in that, um, helping contribute to the needs of the church facility. We know that a number of you might have some questions regarding um, these plans that we have. Uh, We have a number of questions, too, for the Lord about how this is all going to happen, how he's going to be blessing us over the next several years. We're excited to see what's going to happen. If you have questions, we want to encourage you to either email us or call us. You can email the church, Mark or me. Um, And we're also going to have a couple of congregational meetings. The first one is going to be next Sunday after the second service at about noon. So again, if you have any questions about any of this, we encourage you to come and get, get those questions asked and answered. Then the following Saturday evening, after the Saturday evening service, we're also going to have another congregational meeting, the same kind of thing, but just um, for those who tend to want to go to church on uh, Saturday night. So again, kind of in closing, um, a term that I've used with the board as we've sat around looking at each other, talking about, wow, these are some huge, huge plans. We've said, I've said, are we all in on this? Are you all in? Are you fully committed to the things that God has asked us to do over the next several years? And so we're posing the same question to you. We want to have an understanding of what your commitment is. We know you're committed to the body of Christ. We want to know how you want to be involved going forward in the next several years. So let's pray together for those answers. Don't forget to uh, fill out one of the cards and bring it in two weeks. We're going to be collecting them after the services in two weeks. And if you have any questions, feel free to ask us. Thanks.